Welcome back to Plastic Surgery Decoded, the podcast where we demystify plastic surgery and unpack it into relatable concepts. I'm your host, Dr. Regina Newhan, and today we're talking about the mommy makeover. We'll talk about what that term really means and how extensive or involved it might be. We'll talk about the options, timing, and what to expect afterwards. Remember, that this podcast reflects my experience and my opinion. It is not intended to give formal medical advice, but instead you can use it to gain insight, whether you're actually considering a procedure or you're just curious. So settle in for a listen and enjoy. You've probably heard the term and been intrigued, the mommy makeover. And by the way, some surgeons have even come up with the term daddy makeover, which I'll mention in a future episode dedicated to male plastic surgery. But today we're talking about moms. Well, the acts of supporting a pregnancy and then giving birth are beautiful and natural experiences. But alterations to a mother's body during and after the pregnancy can be dramatic and not necessarily in a welcomed way, especially after more than one childbirth. Now don't misunderstand, there is a beauty and a fierce strength in the way the female body handles these challenges and adapts to accommodate. I mean, it's amazing, but some people are left in a state that negatively affects how they see and feel about themselves, also on occasion how others see and judge them, no matter how unfairly. We've probably all heard a story about a woman being asked when she is due, yet she hasn't been pregnant for some time. Yes, some women long for the youthful body they once had and have decided they want to explore what could be done to try to approximate that. Of course, there is no way to perfectly turn back time, but certainly there are procedures designed to recontour and put things back where they started, so to speak, or at least try to accomplish what they can. To better understand what can be done to help, Let's first take a minute to go over what happens to the body with pregnancy and after. The two most noticeable areas of change are the abdomen and the breasts. The rectus muscles of the abdominal wall are like two parallel vertical straps, each about three inches wide. They are situated front and center in the abdominal wall, just on either side of the midline. And they are long and strong, attaching from the ribcage to the pelvis, giving great support to the front of the body. They've sometimes been nicknamed six-pack muscles because there are some horizontal indentations in them to help hold things together, and they can be visible in people who are quite fit or have little body fat. With pregnancy, the abdomen has to gradually stretch to accommodate the enlarging uterus, and therefore these nice six-pack rectus muscles will not only thin out a little, but also commonly separate from each other and away from the midline. The fascia, or gristle tissue, that sits between the two rectus muscles holding them together will often widen as well, but it doesn't have the same elasticity that muscle does, so it can't really recoil back very much. After childbirth, the rectus muscles can be reconditioned and strengthened with exercise, sit-ups, etc., but that does not necessarily bring them back fully to their original position front and center along the midline. As a result, there may be a permanent gap, which allows pooching of the abdomen despite the body returning to a good level of fitness. You may have already heard the term, but this gap is called a rectus diastasis. Furthermore, the skin of the abdomen becomes quite stretched during pregnancy, 
and it may stretch to the point of no return. It may lose some of its elasticity and, after delivery of the baby, settle in a loose state that can tend to lop over clothing permanently. As for the breasts, they enlarge with pregnancy as the glands prepare for nursing a baby, even though not everyone ends up being able to do so. They stay enlarged through the nursing phase, but once a mother stops breastfeeding, the breasts reduce in size. Okay, but often they decrease to a somewhat smaller size than they started. And they may also end up in a more settled position on the chest wall as well, much to the disappointment of many women, despite it being very natural. I think anyone can understand now that many women may not like the new status of their bodies, especially if the body has morphed up and down through more than one pregnancy. They may want to flatten their tummies as well as lift and possibly augment their volume-depleted and newly settled or totic breasts. And that's where we come to the classic interpretation of a mommy makeover, though the term itself is a fluid one and actually can mean any single or combination of procedures aimed at restoring the body closer to its pre-pregnancy state, or perhaps even to an improved state if someone had smaller breasts or a fuller tummy than they wished even before pregnancy. So, a mommy makeover is typically combined breast and abdominal rejuvenation, but it can include any single or combination of the following procedures. Breast lift, breast augmentation, usually with implants, abdominoplasty or tummy tuck, liposuction for spot areas that have remained increased in size, maybe some strategic fat grafting, and even other less common procedures. I'd recommend listening to the following pertinent podcast episodes for details of each of these procedures, downtime, and specific risks. In this current Mommy Makeover episode, we're talking about them only generally, because the goal of this episode is primarily to go over options, timing, and expectations. So, Breast Lift is Episode 8, Breast Augmentation, Episode 4, Tummy Tuck, Episode 3, and Liposuction, Episode 2. Let's say all of these sound pretty good, and maybe you want a breast lift with implants, as well as a tummy tuck and some contouring liposuction. Can you do it all at once? Well, most times the mommy makeover is thought of as, and meant to be, a combined all-in-one procedure. But, depending on the true extent and involvement, it may be wise to consider breaking it up into more than one procedure. For example, is it breast rejuvenation with a mini tummy tuck? or with a full extended tummy tuck with additional liposuction and fat grafting to the buttock. If the surgeon typically works quickly and happens to have a sewing assistant, it could be quite doable. But keep in mind there is more to this decision than just patient convenience. There are five additional things to consider in the big picture. Number one, anticipated length of time under anesthesia, because surgical and anesthetic risks can increase with length of time. Number two, surgeon fatigue. We are all trained to have pretty good stamina, but fatigue can creep in and affect the process. Number three, lengthier procedures usually require lengthier downtime. So you may not be decreasing much time off work by combining things all at once. In fact, you're likely lengthening it. Plus the fact that just functioning after surgery may be affected if too many body parts are involved and sore at once. For example, after a tummy tuck surgery, 
a person may need to use their arms to push to get out of a chair. But if breasts have had surgery as well, the pectoralis muscles, which sit right underneath, will be sore and weak and may make it difficult to use the arms to push off. Along that line, number four, pain management may be more difficult with so many areas operated upon. And number five, lastly, expense. If you break it down financially, you may not be saving much money, if any, by trying to do too much at once. Many surgeons charge their fees by the specific procedure, and often anesthesia and operating room charges are by the hour. So if you think about it, by increasing the time and the number of areas treated during one OR sitting, you may not really have saved much. And if a complication occurs, it may cost you more in the long run for delayed time back to work and the possible need for additional procedures as a result. All of that being said, the best recommendation is what is given to you at the time you have your formal consultation with your board-certified plastic surgeon. They will look at your specific situation and give you the best advice. Now, what about timing? When should you embark on a mommy makeover, whether it's all-in-one or staged? What's great is there is no endpoint. You can always decide to go ahead with this type of rejuvenation, even if it's many, many years after having kids. But the bigger question seems to be how soon you could do it after childbirth. How long is safe after a pregnancy? After breastfeeding? In general, many surgeons think it's best to wait at least three months after weaning a baby for breast lift to be done. You want to give the breast enough time to establish its new baseline, so results can hopefully be a little longer lasting. Or, if planning implants, with or without a lift, six months is a safer bet due to bacterial and infection concerns. The bacteria that can harbor in recently active breast ducts could seed the implant and either cause infection, which might require implant removal, or contribute to future capsular contracture. And that could mean future surgery as well. As for a tummy tuck, waiting three to six months is also a good idea, letting the abdomen return to its new baseline first. But do keep in mind that if you plan to be frequently lifting your baby for the first year or two after delivery, that will compromise some of the nice internal tightening sutures that will have been placed, possibly necessitating further surgery. So some mothers wait until this time has passed. Well then, what about future pregnancies? Do you have to wait until you're completely done with childbearing before embarking on the mommy makeover adventure? The answer is that it's probably advisable to do so, but sometimes circumstances don't work out that way. Sometimes an unplanned pregnancy may occur after surgery, or a person may want future babies someday, but they decide that they are unhappy enough with their interim baseline that they feel compelled to go ahead with surgery, despite the consequences. If that's the case, there's nothing wrong with it, but just be aware that all those post-pregnancy body changes will happen again, at least to some degree, and a person should plan ahead that they will likely desire revision surgeries at some point. Well, I hope you'll leave this episode with a better understanding of the very fluid and flexible concept of the mommy makeover. It's not the same thing for each person, but rather it is something that is crafted by each surgeon and patient working as a creative team. Surveys have shown this to be a very satisfying accomplishment for mothers who may have enjoyed the whole pregnancy experience, but don't like the toll it has taken on their bodies. By embarking on the process with eyes wide open, and by having a realistic set of expectations, 
they can achieve the happiest outcomes. It's crucial to realize that this process will not be able to restore the exact body a person had before pregnancy, but it will approach that goal as far as possible and perhaps improve the outlook of those patients who feel they really need it for peace of mind and self-satisfaction. Well, that's our show for today. Hope you enjoyed it and learned something too. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Please share this podcast with someone else who might be interested. And while you're at it, check out the podcast website for related topics to explore. It's www.plasticsurgerydecoded.com. And as always, thank you for listening to Plastic Surgery Decoded.